Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. It's Kara McCarran here with She's the Owner podcast. And uh, we're quickly already on episode seven, which is crazy uh, since we just began this journey, but we are on, on seven now. And I'd love to introduce you guys to Kiki O. And um, her last name is, she'll, she's going to have to say it because I I don't want to butcher it. And Kiki O sounded cool. So that's what I'm saying. Um, she's the owner of Style Your Selfie. Um, is it, does that, am I, because I'm looking at the site and it's not saying that, but I know that's what, when we chatted, that's what it was it's called. Style Your Selfie. Correct. Okay, perfect. Um, so welcome to the show. Thank you for coming you. on. I appreciate it. Um, so tell us a little bit about your business, when you started it, and kind of why you ended up doing what you're doing. And then uh, we'll get into some questions after that. Okay. Well, um, Style Your Selfie is a blog I created for myself initially to kind of get myself out of a rut that I'd been in for over 20 years. It evolved into a clothing line. And most recently, I just got done producing a show that I am now shopping. Wow. That's a pretty <laughs> big deal. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the stuff on the site is gorgeous, by the way. I've been looking through all of the things and uh, it's, a, it's beautiful. So um, congratulations for sure. So you. when you Thank were you. younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was your... What was your thing? Believe it or not, I wanted to be a socialite. <laughs> okay. Even at a young age. Up, at a young age, I grew up in a happy home. My parents were always very well dressed, well presented, and they threw a lot of parties. My dad was a little bit into politics. And um, my mom was just one of those women who could do anything. So a little bit of interior design, a little bit of fashion design. And... They, it seemed like we had parties every every weekend, and it was so much fun as a child watching them dress up and have fun and laugh. And I just thought, I I want to do this. I just want to throw parties, That's amazing. have fun, laugh. Yeah, it's not like it was though. I mean, my parents never really, <clears throat> excuse me, had parties, but I I have a ton of them. But as you're saying that and describing how your parents like people would dress up, we don't do that anymore. We don't. Like we'll get together, but I don't, I don't recall any dinner parties where I've asked my friends to dress up. And I think I might have to do that now because it is kind of fun, you know, to, to get that so sort of feel fun. glamorous a little bit. Um, so that's, that's yeah. a cool answer. But see, I grew up, I grew up in Nigeria. Mm. So that was the standard. Right. You have to dress up. Right. So it was the tuxedos and the women <sighs> dressed and, and the shoes and the bags and the hats and everything. So that was the norm for me growing up. That's beautiful. That sounds, that does sound like a lot of fun. I see why you wanted to end up that way <laughs> when you were older. Yes. Um, so when did you, when did you come to realize that you're an entrepreneur? What did you do before, before your business? Um, well, first of all, I knew I was an entrepreneur. My dad has always been an entrepreneur. So again, growing up, he always used to just shove books in my hand. So he was like, leave those romance novels, read these books. So at 13, 14 in Nigeria, I started to read books about like enterprise, American enterprise. Mm. And so I was probably the only 16 year old <laughs> in my town that knew about Lee Iacocca, that wow. knew what was going on with executives moving from um, Pepsi to Apple. I mean, he just constantly gave us books about industry and he had a shoe factory and we all participated i sold shoes in the fifth grade i would take shoes and sell them to my teachers wow <laughs> so, yeah that's amazing <laughs> yes so when i think about it we, we did have a very interesting childhood my dad made us do unconventional things yeah i make so, my yeah. kids do because i have four daughters and three of the four are entrepreneurs and the the youngest one I, I just last week she started selling um bracelets at school she's 10 
And she, she, okay. Oh yeah. And she, so she's the first kid that has watched her dad and I, we're no longer, her dad and I are no longer together, but we're still both entrepreneurs. He works for my other company actually. And so she's the only one that's seen the whole beginning of her life was always entrepreneurship where the yeah. other kids knew me going to a job still and, and him to a job. So they don't have as much of that saturation as the youngest one does, but she comes yeah. home the other day and she gets on the whiteboard because we have a million of them in both households. And she's <laughs> like, I'm the boss and here are my workers. And I said, well, first of all, let's call them your team. Let's not call them your workers. <laughs> it's a little old fashioned. And she's like, okay, so when this person makes this bracelet, they get 50 cents and, and she has the whole business mapped out. And I oh, said, wow. it should be a social enterprise. Well, what's that? And I go, well, let's give back somehow. So she says, well, I'm going to let's plant trees. And I'm not even kidding. She was talking to her principal the other day. And I said, did she tell you she started this business? He's like, no, I keep seeing them selling all these bracelets. And I'm like, yep, that's Amelia starting her business. And he goes, well, and I said, some of the proceeds are going to go to planting trees. And he goes, let's plant them here. I'm going to help you. And oh, then wow. let's get the town involved. And I was like, see, she's like, oh my well, gosh. Well, look at that. I, I love that. I, I, I love that our kids look at us. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that's a way, I guess, of just being, of admiring um, your parents and wanting to be like your parents. My daughter is 10 and she has a slime business. Actually, she started hers when yes, she was about Yes, slime is very big too. Yes. Slime business. I mean, I've bought so much glue <laughs> and... Yeah, and she goes out. She sells. I mean, she makes all this her triple layer, whatever rainbow slime. But anyway, one day I'm minding my business, and I get a text from a parent. Um, Ify sold slime. Oh my! My son paid four dollars for slime, but never got. This was very serious business. <laughs> never got the slime. So oh. can he either get a refund <laughs> or get the slime? So we had to go through this whole thing, and I had to teach my daughter that if you accept money, you right. have to fulfill the yes. order. <laughs> Yes, she had to make the slime and all that, but they're really getting into it. But I had to shut it down because she's spending so much time right. on the business. I'm like, well, first of all, school really is the first. Let's learn how to read and write. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> the basics. Let's get the basics under wraps. Yeah, before before that. But I will tell you, oh my goodness, my kids. I guess it is the blood because I sent yeah. my son to camp. Um, he went to military camp. I had to teach him a few lessons and we gave him, you know, like we, we succumbed and we gave him money. And before I left him, he gave me back the money and he was like, you know what? Uh, I'll be fine. Wow. And when we went to pick him up. He had a roll of cash and we were stunned. And at, at first I was afraid, like, oh my goodness, what, what's going on? Yeah. Where did and you get this? Yeah, exactly. He was like, no, relax. <laughs> my roommate's mother thought he was starving and sent boxes of food and it was just there. And I just told my roommate, look, we could sell this. And that was it. At the first social they had, he announced that they had food for sale and that was, and business started. I could not believe this boy. That's a, that's (laughs) I, and I agree with you. I think entrepreneurship is in our DNA. End of story. It is in our DNA. Like I can't, I cannot work for other people. I've realized that I've accepted that, but there's, you know, not all my kids are like that. There's, but Amelia is like that. Like this kid all, cause I, cause the, here's the reason mostly is because I don't give her stuff. When she asks, I say, no, well, why not? And I go, cause I don't want to, like, you don't need that. You can buy on your own. I said, I'll give you food. And I, you know, I'm, she has a great life, but I said, I'm not buying you the thing that you want every single time. You got to figure out how to get it. And now she is. And I think it's as women, we get stuck in this um, role that we think we can only be nurturing. We can only be all the feminine qualities. Right. But we still, there's still lessons we need to teach our females and our our little girls about owning that masculine energy. And that is figuring it out. My taught me one. My daughter taught me one because, you know, we were taught all these things growing up and there's some things that kind of mess you up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's okay. You, you understand and then you try to correct it. One of the things I was told by my mother growing up, and I, I know it was well-intentioned, was you essentially have to be nice to people or put up with stuff so that, you know, just in case when they're in a position to help you, they can give you essentially crumbs. I mean, now that I'm thinking right. of it, right? So, 
and I, I've had that. And as much as I try to shake that, that's still somehow in me. Well, my sister is fighting her brother. And I go with my speech. If you really should be nice to your brother, because you never know right. when, when he grows up, he's going to be in a position to help you and all that. And she turned around and she gave me this look. <laughs> and no matter of fact, she's like, what? I don't need anything from him. I'm going to have my slime business. Right. <laughs> School and mom. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, darling. She's I'll just move on now. Me. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I had nothing else to say after that. I'm like, well, you know what? You're right. Right. Why should I make you think that your position and your job is to bite your lip, be right. good to everyone so what they can hand you some uh, tokens? Right. She schooled me and was like, well, fight on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, carry on. I'll be over here on the chair eating yes, my words. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, yeah, they are. So um, that was, and I, ha- I had to tell all my sisters because, first of all, I grew up in a family of five girls and one boy. So oh you can gosh. imagine. Yeah. When we talk about feminine, yeah, you can imagine. Yep. <laughs> so, what so, was the scariest thing about starting your company? The scariest thing really was that I had to put myself out there. Mm. Yep. Because it was very personal, right? It was, it was a blog. And although I didn't know what this blog was going to evolve to, I didn't know what was going to become of this. This was me having to step out to the world and say, this is me. Right. This is how I dress and essentially let the world judge me. Right. And it was very scary because I was also brought up to believe that everyone's opinion matters. Mm. That's another thing I've been fighting. What people think about you right. matters. So that was, that was a big struggle. <laughs> and um, I had to overcome all that. I basically had to tell myself, like I really had to give myself permission to fail on all levels. I had to give myself permission to be laughed at, to be thought of as a fraud, a counterfeit, whatever it is. Right. Yep. And I told myself, well, what, in the past 20 years, really, who's, who's paid you a compliment on the way right. that you look? So it was overcoming all that and just telling myself, like, look, you can do this. And then just taking one step after the other. And it quickly caught on. Right. And that's, you know, such a big lesson in fear. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, if, if, you get, if you get out of the way, things happen. As soon as you get exactly. out of the way. Is, and, and that's, that's even like this podcast. It's, it's a new podcast. I've never done it, but I'm pushing, I'm so compelled by the mission. But as soon as I got out of the way, all of a sudden, you know, we're booked for the year now with guests. Like, wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Yep. See, and I, I think even I'm still overthinking so many things mm. through that. I'm, I'm still making progress, right. but I still see the ways that I hold myself up. Right. But so many things have happened. If I'd given into that fear. And like you said, if I'd been in my own way and given myself all the excuses or reasons why I couldn't do it, I wouldn't have a clothing line by now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't literally have women telling me, Oh my goodness, I didn't know about this until I read your blog or I dress. So, so much differently now because I've seen the way that you dress. Oh my goodness. I didn't know you could dress up to, to travel all these things. And they may seem like little things. I mean, it's just style fashion, but I found oh, it's not, it's bigger than it, that. Yeah. It is so much bigger. Oh, than it's that. way bigger Our than that. Our self-esteem is tied to that, our appearance. And in doing this in the past three years, I just realized that a lot of women really want to be seen. They feel invisible. Yeah. That's, and yep. when you step up, yeah. And if you, if you think I'm lying, the day that I dress up and all that, I accomplish a lot more, mm-hmm. run a lot more errands, and guess what? Get a lot more help outside that's while right. I'm doing it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's it. And, and that, that's, I'm, I love that you bring that up because part of, I think, the challenge is that we get stuck, like women right now, I'm 43, so I was in the time before social media and even the internet. And I feel like there's this weird. I'm older than you, so I understand that. Yeah. So it's, and you'll relate. Like it's this weird, the pendulum on how we behave as women has swung way too far, I think. 
where we're mm-hmm. not appreciating our feminine at all. We're so hell bent yeah. on turning up and showing up like men because we think yeah. that's the only way that when we come back out of our, and, and we talk about hunter and gatherer after we're in hunter mode and we're hunting it for our business, we still want to come back and be in the gatherer mode and, and all those beautiful things like dressing. Be- like I feel fierce when I dress and it's not even, I don't even yes. know if I'm conscious of why I care to feel fierce, but I know I do. And when I leave my house looking a certain way and I'm, my head is up and I'm in that zone, but it's, we just, we think we have to show up as guys. And in, in business, you do like a lot in, and not as guys, but in that masculine energy, we do, we mm-hmm. we're making decisions. We have to be assertive. We have to do all those things. But when you, if you don't come back to the feminine, which is all those, you know, like empathy and nurturing patience, sensuality, yeah. all of those things, yeah. then you're so off balance. And I think part of reclaiming that or honoring that is dressing and makeup and mm-hmm. hair and feeling that mm-hmm. it's just, it feels good. Do you know that both my parents were very instrumental in teaching us that? So my dad, again, always loved fashion, right? Yeah. So I have a twin sister. Okay. And our job was always, you know, to present very well. Mm-hmm. And my dad loved it. And if I was to get anything out of my dad, I better go looking my absolute best. Right. Show up. That's it. Because exactly. I show up and I've already engaged him. So now anything I have to say, I have a 50% better chance right. of getting back than when I just come out like any old way. And even when my sister was getting married and all that, it's like, look, you are not the man. Do not be deceived by all these feminist movement, whatever. You you can't be strong. If there's stuff that you can do on your own, you do it. But when the man is there, you're going to have to let him do it. Because that's I his mean, power. That's his power. That's, like, it's not, and you're right. It's not like we have to give one up for the other. It's people yeah. get it twisted. It's like, it's not that I can't take out the garbage. It's not that I can't go and do this or I can't, but he wants to do that for me. Yeah. It's important for him in his masculine to make decisions. And Absolutely. I'm happy because here's, I'm single now, but here's the truth. When I'm on in business, when I come back to my home, which is where my safety is, I don't want to think anymore. I don't want to make another damn decision. I don't, I want to have decisions made for me. You want to f- make that dinner? Go ahead, sweetheart. I will sit at the table and I will eat whatever you cook for me because yeah. we don't, I, and that's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful dance, but we get, like I said, women are so like, I don't need a man to do that. No, I don't need him to, but I want him to. I feel happy when someone else takes the reins for a while and lets me be in my Absolutely. feminine comfortably. So yeah, that's, uh, it Sometimes sounds like we have very similar you. views. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And even for my, it's important for my daughter. I have one daughter and I have four, sorry, three sons. And oh, interesting. I Look at that them. switch. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, look, my, my mother now has 17 grandkids. Only three of them are girls. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Holy that, cow. That Which up. Yes. So, um, so now, now we're begging for the girls. We're, we're the girls. Right. <laughs> because I think that we brought so much flavor and we still do to her life, mm. to, to my dad's life. And, and there's just something about having women around and, and the energy and, um, yeah. And I thought, you know, at some point, I don't know why I thought I had this, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that I wanted to be different, but I, I do like the way <laughs> I like the way I am. I like the, the balance of things. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so what, what's been the biggest lesson you've had so far as an entrepreneur? There is no one going to save you. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm learning that. I did not know that I was subconsciously, whatever, waiting for a savior. Right. And in so many ways, I've had to step up. I've had to be the one to go speak for myself. Um, thinking... and. <laughs> Everything I think goes back again to the way maybe that you are raised and what you're taught and this whole thing where really 
a fairy tale, right? Mm. You don't get to do like your husband is going to do this for you or take you here, whatever. And somehow in business, it also seems like some kind of magical night is going to come in and do the negotiations and do the PR for you and do the no. That's right. Do the taxes. Oh, the books. The taxes. Oh, that must kill you because you're so creative. You must hate that part. That it's, it's amazing. You know, I never paid attention to this whole energy thing, right? But the more I uncover, I have to laugh at how on point they are about me. I have to like, like, it's not even generic. I don't miss a beat in the, I don't want to do anything with that. Yeah. And now I'm telling myself, you cannot bury, get your head out of the sand. <laughs> it's comfortable in the sand though, sometimes. <laughs> but it yes, is very I know. comfortable in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder why, because my twin sister is the polar opposite. And growing up with her, I spent really most of my life with that girl. And we were so opposite. Mm. She had more masculine energy. I mean, now that I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it, she always wanted to know the numbers. This is what we right. have. I, I, I didn't care. Just as long as we're good, we're good. Right. Yeah. So interesting. So do you ever feel like you're too far into your masculine energy? Do you ever find yourself like where you're just bringing that too much, too hard to the table and you have to consciously say, okay, you need to dial it back here, Kiki, because you're going too far. Is there any, do you have any I, thoughts or any times in, in business that that's happened? Sometimes, um, sometimes I've thought that, but then when you really maybe like read and explore what that means, I think to myself, have I really? Um, it feels like I'm going overboard with that because I'm not going to lie. These days I'm so laser focused that it's hard, even like with my husband and my kids. I forget a lot of stuff. Mm. I'm so focused on what I want to create. And I tell myself it's because because there's always something that we tell ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I tell myself it's because I've been robbed. After all, this, you know, like I, I, I wasn't in very good health for, actually, it's still going on. This, it's been 23 years. But for the first 20 of those years, I was robbed. I was robbed of opportunities. Mm. I was robbed of, you know, like my career, job. So I could have been so much further along. And it took until, what, like three years ago for me to wake up and realize that it doesn't have to continue to be that way, that I truly can change my narrative, right? right? Yep. And so now that I'm doing it, it is all I think about. Mm -hmm. And yes, so in those ways, I know that I have to make a change. But it's easier said, because even as a creative, when you're focused on trying to create something, that's all you think about. Right. Yeah, it does. It that becomes an obsession. Yes. It, it, it does become an obsession. So right now, that's what I'm really now seeing. And I'm like, okay, how do I, how do, I do this without compromising mm -hmm. my, my family, without compromising my relationship with my husband, with my kids? Without, with my, even with my, with my siblings, with my mother, right. with my dad. Yeah. Well, it's being How conscious of it. To, yeah. That's, that's so I find in that, that way, that's yeah, I think I, I'm going too far, mm. but I honestly don't even know how to dial it back. Well, and I think that's a part of why this, this podcast was a thing for me because I was feeling the exact same way. And I, the way that it started was I, started to look up what feminine energy because Tony taught Tony Robbins talks about it a, a lot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I started to feel that I'm always in this like aggressive, you know, going to go kill it mode. And I needed that for my business. But as I, as I started to discover myself, I started to think, well, I want to show up more in this feminine energy and like, you know, ultimately that's where I, I want that balance. Cause it just doesn't feel good to me anymore to just be in this masculine zone. And I think because we don't talk about it and, and it's really interesting, every single woman that I've spoken to in business totally identifies. They all say, Oh my gosh, like I'm totally too far into the, 
to the masculine. There's one, one person I know who could stand to be more into the masculine energy, but overall it's, I'll say to someone, well, do you ever feel like you're too aggressive or you're too in this mode? And like, holy shit. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. But it doesn't feel good all the time. Oh yeah. Maybe because mm -hmm. in the end we all have something to prove or we feel like we We feel like we do. That's right. Yeah. We don't actually, it's all story we made up in our head, but, um, so it is, it is just that balance, finding that way to, to like dial yourself back into, and some women, and that's one of the questions I'll ask you when we're about to, to wrap up, but some women, like for me, it's going in nature. I find I can get really in touch with my core and my feminine energy when I go into nature. Um, music, like dancing is a big one. I can feel very free and really vulnerable and just nice when I listen to music. And then when I have to, you know, like I can, you know, I, I do a lot of um, power stances and power moves and stuff I've learned over the years with Tony um, Robbins and my coach and all that kind of stuff to get myself back into hunter mode when I need to really show up as that business person, et cetera. But I can switch back and forth pretty easily now. And I, and I feel a lot more balanced because of that. Can I ask you, is it, have you accomplished some of the things that you set out to accomplish as in really maybe some financial success? Absolutely. Okay. So I think that that might also be part of the reason why you're able to do it now. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women starting in business still have that financial security in the back of their mind. Oh yeah. I still do too. I still do too. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying for sure. And until we can have some level of success or maybe consistency in that success, we're not going to want to. So as much as I might think, oh, this is, it's an ideal right now. Do I really want to? Because I'm sure if I really was motivated, I probably would do it. But I'm more motivated by still proving myself, by achieving some level of success, whatever that level of success is, before I can say, and then that's the danger, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because when is it it enough? Exactly. When is it enough? That's right. If, 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 yeah. Well, then, when then? The the people around you will let you know, right? Like that's, that's the, that is the real talk is that men will let you know, and your husband, or in my case, you know, it was mine or my kids. When I start to feel like I'm not connecting as well with those people, that's when I know I'm not, I'm too far. Like I've gone too far into my masculine, even when I'm in building, like, cause this, she's the owner's brand new. It's a whole company. There's shirts that are going to be for sale and other things. And I mean, I need to raise like essentially half a million dollars to send a thousand women to his, to Tony's events. But, and I, so I'm obsessed and I'm running two companies. So I feel you. I know it's like, I love that vision. Thank you. But it's a big one. Right. And it requires a hundred percent. I heard that it has to be one that is almost unattainable or whatever right. just to keep you driving that's yes, it I learned that that's it you're know, totally right know that yeah yep mm-hmm. um but I do have to but the the danger with staying so far in like for me in this hunter mode I'll call it um is that I burn out because yes. like it's not sustainable to be this way all the time, and it's that's not. that's the dangers, and that's why why I brought yes. this whole thing up with with all of us women because it's like, yeah, it's great. You're we're trying to achieve and we're trying to do this, but you're gonna burn out. And then the shitty part to the burnout, aside from all the obvious stuff that we know about, is a lot of women will. Kate Spade, like she committed suicide for crying out loud. Like, oh my goodness, that's burnout times a million, and. Like if you think about how many businesses won't get to stage, you know, five years in because they didn't recognize in themselves that they were too far in that hunter mode and didn't know how to balance and chill out some of the time. How many business owners, how many women have gone back to a job because they just thought, oh, I can't run it. I can't do it. There's so many. Right. And I would love to. And that said, I just want to have the conversation where we're saying, you know what? You're right. Like I need to chill out inside my head a little bit. And yeah, do some things yeah. that make me feel more, you know, in my core. Um, but yeah, it's a fascinating and, topic. And, and I think that um, at first you start by looking at all these things as just like abstract concepts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't they don't relate to me. Mm-hmm. You know? 
but then they do. Yeah. Um, because when you start, there's that high and there's the adrenaline and all that. And you deny that your buddy is just as human as the next person. Right. And I think these are all the lies that we tell ourselves. I continue to push um, ourselves. And then, of course, we, we live in a different time now where everything is so visual. Right. So everyone's success or so-called success or whatever is easy for everyone else to see. Mm hmm. And then you judge yourself against that and then it's back to that hamster wheel. Right. And we both know it's usually bullshit anyway. Yes. Isn't that amazing? And that's, that is the truth. And, and that's, again, part of this podcast is to have, I won't have anyone on here that's not going to say it the way it is because Isn't we have enough amazing? of that. We have enough of that, don't you think? We have enough of what we, this perfect version. It's not perfect. It sucks. I, it's hard. It's awesome. But it's hard. Sorry, I, I just went to a networking event on Sunday and it was with um, one of the girls there was a designer who, like when you mention her name or pull up her name, what comes up is some collaboration she did with LeBron James and making this sneaker, right? And so, of course, in my mind, I've conjured up this person who is now uber successful because after all her name's tied to LeBron James and they did some kind of collaboration and so she was there on the panel with the other ladies and essentially talked about my struggle which is I have a clothing line I thought I'm not the best obviously at marketing my clothing line now when I have events when I have pop-ups it's great I make sales because People, I think, come to see me because maybe they like me. They like the way that I dress. And I can spend time with them. We have conversations. It's great. I make sales. And then after that, it dwindles down again until I have another event. And obviously, I don't want to spend my life doing events. And no one's going to tell you that that might be the cycle until you can find a better strategy or that this, you know, like this, obviously this is not the most effective strategy, but everyone makes it seem like, yes, it's e-commerce sales, Shopify mm -hmm. sales are just flying out the door and you're here feeling inadequate. Like what am I doing wrong? Right. But obviously, I'm doing something wrong. Is there a ramp-up period? Is Do you just get successful right off the bat? But it was refreshing to actually have them sit there and admit mm -hmm. what their struggles were. Yes. Yep. And I'm like, I have to applaud you guys for this because otherwise, I would be in here feeling like I'm not doing something right or I'm not um, meeting up, which of course would make me go drive up a lot more, make the whole masculine thing a lot more. Right. Because I want to achieve. Right. And, and so that's beautiful. <laughs> it's, and I, and the thing I found it about myself, I thought that I wasn't competitive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was a shock to me. I thought I wasn't because I was raised not to be. And what I didn't realize is I don't like to be in competitions. Right? Okay. All this, whatever, food network, this, that. I don't like that because that's too much high pressure for me. I don't, I don't function well there because I'm the kind of person who kind of has to think things through, right? So I know that if I go in any one of these competitions, whether it's the, the, the design show or cooking or what, I probably would be the first person to leave because that's not just how I'm built. But... I am so competitive. Like that came to me as a shock. Talk about self-awareness. Well, your, your whole business is competitive. So you have to be. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've picked one of the most competitive industries in the entire planet. So it picked me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. But it's still very competitive, right? It's one yeah. of it's like, so, so how do you, how do you, how are you showing up? Like where, where did you first say, Oh boy, I actually am really competitive. What was Give me, give me the example of when you realized that. Um, first time I even said the blog and I realized that, um, no, you know what? I don't like being invisible. Mm. Interesting. Because I'd like myself. I told myself it was okay all these years. It's okay. You don't have to be. It's okay. You don't have to. And it's okay. It's okay. I didn't know that I was feeding myself a whole bunch of lies. Right. 
And it just sits there and it's waiting for you. And one day it, it, it can't take it anymore. Your buddy's like, okay, enough of the lies already. Yeah. I am sick and tired of being in a corner. Mm. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner, but baby. I did not <laughs> realize right. that baby had put herself in the corner. Yeah. For, for all, all the, the young things, listeners, that's a reference to Dirty Dancing, the movie. It's an 80s yeah. movie and you should run out and watch it immediately. It's iconic. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Well, baby put herself yep. in the corner. And then the whole world was like, oh, you're in the corner. I'm going to push you. That's right. Into the corner. Yep. Yep. And so as I came, like clawing my way out of the corner, looking for who to fight for, for putting me in the corner. And I realized it was, it was not the devil. Nope. It was not. It was everything I had said to myself over the years. And so the past three years, can I tell you, like, talk about the coming into your own. Every day I think I've learned something new about myself. Just give me another 56 minutes. And the new revelation hits. Right. Isn't that awesome, that though? I am loving it. It's the best gift. Yeah. When you're open, it's beautiful. When you're closed, it's still tough. But I find once you're open to receiving it, it's exciting. It's it like is, a treat every day. It is a treat every day when you can see, like, big old supposed flaws. Mm. And you're like, what? I've been doing this. And it usually happens when someone else kind of does it to you. and in that moment, that bitter experience just reveals to you, this is what you've been doing. Right. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So it actually has been the biggest gift for me in the past three years, beginning to understand myself and know myself and the decisions and the, the thoughts and all those things that got me to where I was. And the best news, though, is that it truly is true that you can change everything. You can change your narrative. You can reimagine your life. You can, but it does start with that permission. Yeah, it does. And then action. And then action. Massive action for sure. So that will, that leads me to the next question. And I I have a sense of the answer, but tell the the question is, what do you think of personal development and why? But um, I, I, I obviously you think highly of it and it's something that you, you practice all the time. So maybe let's talk about what kind of personal development you've done so far. Um, or do you have any favorite authors? Do you have any um, podcasts that you really like to listen to? Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I listen to everything. I, I'm a Christian, so I do everything from listening to people who will feed my spiritual like my soul Mm -hmm. and then also practical applications and so some of the and then the principles also of life and so even like being a christian it's not just about this magic wand that you 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 wave and everything um becomes perfect but there's still principles that you have to apply to your life right if it has to make sense if it's going to be if you're going to be successful if you're going to enjoy any of this prosperity good health all of those things and one person who makes so much sense to me is T.D. Jakes. I listen to another person who's very much more about the principles. Her name is Cinda Trim. And then I listen to Jim Rohn. These are all like my, my mentors. <laughs> the Jim Rohn's. Um, and there's so many of them. I, if I'd known that you were going to ask me, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Darlet, right? Mm. Wayne. So many people. Even yeah, I mean, I don't want to say as commercial as Oprah, but anything that inspires me to change the, the way that I think. And they've all helped me move from things being ideas to stuff that I can practice like on my own. They've helped me take accountability, look at the part that I play in stuff, and examine my heart (laughs) what's in it and um yeah so So i i tried to work with a coach it was a disaster 
Oh, was it? <laughs> Why was it a disaster? It was. Because I, that on its own was a lesson. A lesson that told me, you know what? Um, you still think that things have to be bright and shiny and maybe cost money <laughs> to be valid and effective. And I met someone who was in a very successful crowd, right? She was with women who were going places, definitely everything, like every woman in there. That was exactly what I wanted to be. These were people who were accomplished. I call them the woke crew, right? Okay. I believe that we have two types of women, the ones that are born woke and the ones that are sleepers. Right. I just have been in the sleeper category. Okay. And just waking up now to what's going on. Right. So that when you're in a group of women who are your um, age mates and, and you see that they're accomplished, a lot further along, more decisive, all of those things, you ask yourself where you've been. Again, I do understand that I was battling a health condition that really did not allow for any of this. But Still, the whole waking up process. So I saw her there and I was told that she was, and she actually just literally jumped on me, right? She mm. was interested. She kicked um, or, or she tuned into whatever energy that I was giving out. She understood me, was almost completing my sentences. And I was told that she was um, a coach to CEOs of whatever, Fortune 500 companies. And I thought, well, if she is, she must know how to help me get from this. Maybe at this point, is it that I have too much of this feminine energy that I don't know how to just be decisive, structure stuff, or open doors? Again, looking for the savior. Or right. the, the, uh, yeah. So there she magically appeared and literally was like, I'll do it. So I actually thought it was kind of a compliment, right? Mm. Hey. If she's out here coaching CEOs and all that, who must know then she must see something and this will be great. And it turned out to be three months of a complete waste of time and a waste of money. So if you had to pick because why, what would give me two reasons why you was, you feel, you felt that way? Um, <clears throat> sorry. She did not bring any structure. Like, I already know being creative, right? I'm very fast and loose on the structure. Right, yeah. And I truly was looking for someone who would have this make sense for me. So have a process, a structure to say, this is where you are. This is where you can get to. These are the steps that we're going to take to get you there, right? Mm. Clarity, everything written down. This experience felt like being in a relationship with a guy. You know how you're, I'm sure every woman has been in one of those relationships where at the end of the day, you're wondering, where do I stand with this person? Right. Yep. Like you don't get to meet the parents. You don't get to meet the friends. Yet he keeps feeding you this crap. Mm -hmm. You know, something isn't right. You have to justify it to other people. Other people can see that this is not the best relationship for you, but because you've already made some investments in the relationship, you're trying to stick it out to see, but the longer you stay in it, the longer, the more it's clear that this relationship isn't going anywhere. That what you are in is a situationship. Mm. Yep. That was the best analogy. And I was so mad at myself because I was just like, oh man, girl, you've been had. (laughs) (laughs) You've been had. Because she came in here like, just like those charming guys Mm. with the flattery, with that they saw you like nobody else did. Right. And she just ran a game on you. And it is either that, or once again, It is, again, God trying to tell me, you can go after every shiny object or you can go after anything that you think will get you there, but there is no savior coming. Right. It's you. Does that make sense? Yep. It's it's you. And can I tell you, I actually have no doubt. Maybe, maybe she's effective someplace else. Right. I don't know. Or... Maybe was it me that I was just so quick to want this that I did not take the time 
to read the contract, to say, oh, but wait, what you are offering here is just a bunch of fluff. Mm. Where are the tangibles that I can hold on to? Right. What can I hold you accountable for? And then, and then being really honest about your part too, right? Like I think we get, we get away from that where we don't want to. My part is that, like I said, yes, I, I, I jumped on it. Right. It felt so good and it it looked right. Yeah. But then she was telling me stuff I already knew. Mm. And there's nothing as frustrating as that. Right. When other people for free can tell you what you don't know and it resonates. Right. Yep. No, and, and, and it is, it's, it's like dating. You need to find that balance of the, my coach is yeah. incredible. I have the, I'm very lucky. Like she's very strong, very tactical. I have homework every week. There's stuff I have to present. There's stuff I have to like, she, she's incredible. And I've had, I had another, she, what's that? Sorry, sorry. Three months, nothing like what yeah, you're saying. No. And I've been with my coach for like a month and a half. I know her already before, but, um, and now my two older daughters are coached by her. I've sent two other friends to wow. her, like, because that it, I had a, I had a Where woman too. And she, referral? If she, she <laughs> I'm telling you, she is, she will get your blind spots. And that's the part I think, again, when we're showing up in our, in our different feminine, masculine versions of ourselves, she she's really good at identifying the blind spots and then and then like attacking it with you so that it's no longer a blind spot and you can face it head on deal with it and move on um but she's extraordinary but it's i've had a couple of other coaches i had one a coach before her he was incredible very strategic very tactical it was a three-month engagement i got a lot of stuff done but i had a coach a coach before that and i couldn't stand her like it was yeah absolute waste of time she had me she didn't take the time I don't feel like to get to really understand who I was and the things that made me tick and so you I think anyone everyone should always have a coach and if it doesn't work on the first one you keep trying and trying and trying and trying because they're invaluable when you hit one that's really good it's it's a it's magic it really is yeah I think the reason why I was really upset was my what I told her before we signed the contract should have made her say, whoa, what mm. you're looking for is different. This. Yeah. I'm not. Yes. Because I really was looking for a business coach. Right. Right. I was looking for someone to show me what I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. To show me the areas, you know, to say, you know, this, this, you have to have this. Um, building block, the fundamentals. Oh, and, and she wasn't doing that. And she should have known as a coach, oh, no, what I do is find out about you, help you evolve. To, I think I've been, I've been hard at work at that. Right. And I know that I've got my blind spots, but it wasn't the most important thing to me. The most important thing to me was how to make my business work. But I will say they're not separate. Personal and business is not separate. We think it is, but it's not. Because how you show up personally is how you're going to show up in your company. And so yes. often coaches it's, do. Uh, yes, I know that. Yeah. And that's so maybe, <laughs> and maybe that's where her head was at, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it, it's always an evolution that, too. Filming, but, but yeah, but even, but even with that, mm. the, you know, like the, the aha moment or even making me understand that. Right. So that was, so in, in the end, it was a general like lack of communication. It's like maybe having someone in kindergarten and someone in the fifth grade. If you're teaching me at a fifth grade level and right. I'm still in kindergarten, yeah. then you're not effective. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's so Kiki, let me ask you, I, I've got my final question and I got to wrap it up. I could talk to you forever. Um, but let me just give me some ways on how you get into your feminine energy when you're conscious of it and you're no longer, you know, you're trying to get out of that hunter mode and you're, you really just want to feel in your feminine, um, energy. Do you have any tricks or things that you do? I, like I said, I go and get into nature. I'll get myself done up sometimes. Are there any things that you do that really help you to feel that way? Um, in the past and even till now, it's been tied into my family because those are the mm. people like who really make me feel happy right 
or joy, and they're, of course, all women. <laughs> we laugh a lot. Part of what just balances me is enjoying the laughter. I don't go into nature. You know, growing up in Nigeria and going to boarding school, I, I had enough of that. So that is not <laughs> You're <what> good. <laughs> I'm good. So for me, it's just enjoying, like, fashion. I cannot right. get enough of it. So I just watch and I'm amazed by the creativity. And I really appreciate that. Like, it feeds my soul, I, I, I have to say. That's beautiful. Um, so looking at other designers and, of course, doing that. And then knowing now, accepting that I'm a creative person and I write stuff down, I jot, I've got so many ideas. And they're all things that I believe are supposed to make like women feel happy and feel good about themselves and encourage like their creativity. And then sometimes I just sit down and I watch TV. I love music. Mm. So it's not the typical thing, like maybe the, the yoga or going into. No, I haven't I heard anyone say that. yoga yet. I find, okay, I well, find yoga know, hard. So I, I would think that's <laughs> exactly. not from Yeah. <laughs> but no, so, I've I've definitely I, not heard that one yet. But yeah, I could see how that might I look feminine. I actually like to spend time with myself. I mm, always enjoy it as a child. And I've always enjoyed spending time because my mind can go places. Oh my God. My mind wanders and I love it. Daydreaming. Think, Daydreaming and, is like therapy. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so doing that, I, I'm now going back to doing more of that. I used to do it a lot as a child um, and then life got in the way. But now that I'm doing this, I, I'm doing it more. Nice. It's wonderful. Chilling. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, that's it for our, for our chat. I mean, thank you. Why like you, that one hour flew by. I know it goes yes. quick. <laughs> uh, well, actually, usually so I keep it to about a half an hour. So your your episode's going to be longer because we just kept yapping away. So it's good. Um, <laughs> but thank you but so I, much. I love what you're doing. Thank you. And I appreciate what you're doing. Thank and you. there was a time that I would have thought, mm-hmm. but I get it now. Yeah, I get it now. Uh, but I think that it's one of those things that. You kind of have to appreciate with time mm-hmm. and age and wisdom and experiences. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I love it. I love what you're doing. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate and, it. I do. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. we'll stay connected. Um, and um, yeah, Absolutely. thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I will, I'll talk to you soon, Kiki. Thank you. Thanks for having All right. me, Tara. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.